0: This message comes from NPR sponsor Rosetta Stone, an expert in language learning for 30 years. Right now, NPR listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership to 25 different languages for 50% off. Learn more at rosettastone.com NPR.
1: From NPR and WNYC, coming to you from the Bell House in beautiful Brooklyn, New York, it's NPR's hour of puzzles, word games, and trivia. Ask me another. I'm Jonathan Colton. Now, here's your host, Ophira Eisenberg. Hey,
2: hello, everybody. How's it going? Nice. Uh, we have four brilliant contestants. About to come on the show. They are backstage right now. Like us, they are living under a divided government, but are united <laughs> in their love for trivia. And then one of them will become our big winner. And our special guest tonight is author, actor, illustrator, ex football player Terry Cruz. <laughs> And you heard me say illustrator, right? I did, heard, yeah. So Terry Crews actually had an art scholarship before he had a football scholarship. <laughs> yeah, I know. What other actor can be like? Well, if acting doesn't pan out, I guess I can fall back on pro football and painting. Like, who, <laughs> who else can say that? Uh, and we love uh, Terry for his brain, but since this is radio, uh, let's talk about his other muscles. <laughs> Because he's got a lot of muscles.
0: He does, yeah. Yeah,
2: so here's, here's a whole series of material that we've written on this. <laughs> Terry Crews is so ripped that just looking at him counts as a workout. <laughs> Terry Crews is so ripped, our producers are sewing him back together backstage right now. <laughs> Terry Crews is so ripped, the man is like shredded, like a three cheese blend. And he's successful. Terry Crews is so successful that when he hosted Who Wants to Be a Millionaire, they changed the name to Who Wants to Be Him. (laughs) Terry Crews has so many career wins. But he's human. He's had some disappointments. So he says one of his biggest disappointments was he was cut uh, from the Chargers, and then the team went to the Super Bowl. Right? So he said that was a really hard game to watch. Uh, I get it. I have a very hard time watching Mrs. Maisel. Yeah, I do. I'm like, why is she killing all the time? Oh, really? Every episode, you have a brand new five minutes? That's amazing. Like, where's the scene where you bomb in front of your family and friends? Where's the scene where your boyfriend tells you you're not really funny? Like, where's where's the scene where your agent's like, I think you're too old? You know, where's... The scene where you get bumped from your spot because Louis C.K. shows up, you know? Yeah, I'm just saying that uh, it seems like as a woman it was a lot easier to do comedy in the 50s. (laughs) And I do have a friend, every year this happens, I have a friend who says that their New Year's resolution is to do stand-up comedy. I get it. I mean, it is hard to have someone kind of reduce something I've put a lot of blood, sweat, and tears into to, like, their quirky goal for a year, but I get it. I get it. Anyone could do it, right? It's a pretty low barrier of entry. And a a lot of people, their first time is great. Um, I've had beginner's luck. I mean, two New Year's ago, my New Year's resolution was to do medicine. My first surgery, pretty good, I gotta say. Pretty good. Uh, it was the next 10 surgeries where I was like, whoa, maybe not for me. You know, it's... You gotta learn to read your patient and the charts. So this show is a part of the Brooklyn Podcast Festival, which we are pretty psyched about. Uh, although I will say that I, I feel like Brooklyn is a podcast festival all the time. It's pretty redundant. But in honor of the Brooklyn Podcast Festival, we will be playing our games at one and a half times the speed. So... Let's do it. Let's play some games, everybody. Our first game is about brain surgery, but don't worry, it's not rocket science. Let's meet our contestants. First up, Shira Harris. You work at the Rabbinical Assembly, so you are talking with rabbis
3: all day long. Yeah, we have a membership of about seventeen hundred living rabbis and about a thousand dead ones. Okay. <laughs> yeah.
2: And have you ever wanted to be a rabbi?
3: I have gone through phases. Everyone thinks I should be a rabbi, Ah. but now that I have this job and I'm really learning what it's like, I think that I know a little bit too much to be a rabbi now.
2: Can you tell me a little bit more about that?
3: Everyone has files.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Uh, Shira, when you ring in, we're going to hear this. Your opponent is Liz Rodwell. You're an electronic healthcare records analyst. How does one become an electronic healthcare records analyst?
3: Go to school to become a high school history teacher? Sure. Uh, that's how you do it. Can't find a job and move on to a new career. Okay. Uh,
2: so you wanted to be a history teacher? Yes. Any of that applicable to uh, healthcare record
3: um, analysis? I actually had a concentration in political science. Perfect. Um, so that works really well when you're working with physicians. So there's a lot of politics that you have to deal with. And oh, yeah. There's a, I don't know, they have a penchant for having a bit of an ego. So you yeah. have to deal with that a little <laughs> like bit. Like they think
2: they're God? Like they think they're a rabbi?
3: Yeah. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Pretty much. Okay, very good. Liz, when you ring in, we're going to hear this. She and Liz, whoever has more points after two games will go on to our final round. This is a guessing game called Actually, It Is Brain Surgery. In this game, we'll pretend you're highly skilled brain surgeons answering brain-related multiple-choice questions. Okay, here we go. You're a brain surgeon who charges by the pound. The heavier the brain, the more you earn. So should you limit your practice to A, cow's? B, orcas, or C, YouTube celebrities? (laughs) Shira. Orcas? That's right, yes. An orca or a killer whale's brain is about 12 and a half pounds. Human brains are three pounds. Mm. YouTube celebrities, unknown.
1: (laughs) Oops, you forgot to pay the electric bill. Which of these devices requires the same amount of power as the human brain to function? A, light bulb B, single-serving smoothie maker, as seen on TV. Or C, none, because the human brain is essentially powerless. Shira. Smoothie maker? I'm sorry, that is incorrect. Liz, can you steal? Ooh, um,
3: it's kind of existential. Um, <laughs> yeah, I would right. go with the light bulb, though.
1: Light bulb is correct, that's right.
3: Is that
2: why in animation there is a light bulb? Over your head when you have a good idea. That's
1: exactly the reason.
2: I
3: know.
1: Uh, The brain actually uses 20 watts, so we're talking about a very small, not very important light bulb. (laughs) You
2: lost your ruler, and you need to measure something. So naturally, you take all the capillaries in a human brain and stretch them out end to end. What's the maximum distance you could measure? A, the distance between a soldier and their dog reuniting at the airport when the soldiers finally returned from war. Oh, I know, let's just think about that. <laughs> B, the distance from home plate to first base, or C, the distance from New York to Cleveland.
3: Shira. Shira. New York to Cleveland?
2: Yeah, that's right. There are 400 miles of capillaries in your brain. a lot of capillaries. You can get
1: all the way to Cleveland. This is your last clue. Brain surgery business has been slow. (laughs) Sorry, you're a brain surgeon. So you're opening a Weight Watchers next door to supplement your income. Why might you feel conflicted about this? A, because the brain is about 6% fat. B, because the brain is about 60% fat. Or C, because when you lose weight, your brain stops working, and all you can do is take pictures of yourself in bathing suits. Shira. A? I'm sorry, that's not right. Liz, do you know the answer? Ooh, this is really
3: tough. Uh, (laughs) I'm going to go with uh, B, 60% fat.
1: That's right, the brain is 60% fat. Mm Mm-hmm.
2: Okay, guess what? It's a great game. And right now, we have a tie. Our next game is called The Sound of Leadership, which to me is a confident voice ordering nachos for the table. I'll play a clip of an actor portraying a past or present world leader. Each clue is worth two points, one for identifying the leader and one for identifying the actor. And your opponent can steal any points you miss. So you are both in the lead right now. (laughs) It's a tie. So whoever wins this game is obviously going to the final round. Whoever loses this game, uh, you have to play Ira Glass in the annual public radio musical.
4: Oh, my gosh, it's great. Uh,
2: This year, it's Terry Gross-Lahoma. In previous years, we've had the Rocky Horror Pledge Drive show <laughs> and Hamill Totebag. So, <laughs> here we go. This clip is from a 2009 film.
0: Forgiveness starts here, too. Forgiveness liberates the soul, it removes fear. That is why it is such a powerful weapon.
3: Liz. Um, Morgan Freeman playing a man that a lot of people confuse him for, Nelson Mandela. That
2: is correct. Yes. That was a step down for Morgan Freeman, because he's used to playing God. <laughs> <laughs> All right, this clip is from a 1963 motion picture. Use that Roman genius for
3: destruction. Tear down pyramids. Wipe out cities. Liz. Um, I'm going to try... Elizabeth Taylor as Cleopatra.
2: I think you tried perfectly. That is correct. Yes. This clip is from a 2015 musical. Life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. We fought for these
3: ideals. We shouldn't settle for less.
2: Shira. This is from Hamilton. Okay, that's a great piece of information. Which is not,
3: which is not what the question was. <laughs> but I'm glad uh, you know. David Diggs. Um, And he is, um, wait, give me a second. The second act, the beginning.
1: (laughs) No. I love this. No, I love this. Yeah. Uh,
3: And he is Thomas Jefferson. That is correct.
2: All right, this is your last clue. This film is from 2006.
3: Let them eat cake. That's such nonsense. I would never say that. Liz. Uh, Marie Antoinette is the character. The actress is Kirsten Dunst. That is correct, yes.
2: Okay, you guys are amazing. And after two games, Liz is going to our final round. Coming up, we'll find out who will face off against Liz in our final round, and I'll talk to Brooklyn 9 Terry Crews. He's also hosting a season of America's Got Talent, but apparently one thing America doesn't got is grammar. (laughs) I'm Ophira Eisenberg, and this is Ask Me Another from NPR.
5: Support for NPR and the following message come from Betterment, the automated investing and savings app. CEO Sarah Levy explains how Betterment's technology helps investors better understand and save on taxes. So taxes are a real cost of investing, as are fees. Understanding your after-tax, after-fee returns is really what's important for investors. An example would be when you buy and sell uh, securities frequently, you can pay a lot of taxes because short-term capital gains, meaning I bought it and I sold it fairly quickly, have higher taxes than long-term capital gains. Our technology in particular will tell you what the tax implication of a particular move you'd like to make is going to be before you make that move so that you're making it with full transparency. Learn more at Betterment.com. Investing involves risk, performance not guaranteed.
1: This is Ask Me Another, NPR's Hour of Puzzles, Word Games, and Trivia. I'm Jonathan Colton. Now here's your host, Ophira Eisenberg.
2: Thank you, Jonathan. It's time to welcome our special guest. He stars on the sitcom Brooklyn 9 and hosts America's Got Talent, The Champions, both on NBC. Please welcome Terry Crews. I just have to describe, Terry, for our listeners. You came out here. You did a peck dance. Yes.
4: Oh, yeah. 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 <laughs> I give the people what they want. <laughs>
5: That's right. Yeah.
2: Now, Terry, back uh, after high school, you get two scholarships at the same time. You get an art scholarship, visual art scholarship, and a football scholarship.
4: I had two scholarships, but one was to Interlochen Arts Academy. Yeah, it's it's an amazing place. It was a six-week program. It was like a pre-college thing. Then I had a really small scholarship to Western Michigan University, and then I walked on to the football team in order to get a full ride football scholarship. Well, so it it was a it was I had to go through the Rudy thing. You know what I mean? (laughs) I was a big old Rudy, basically. (laughs)
2: So then you're drafted to the NFL in 1991. That's right. And to make extra money, you actually start doing portraits of your fellow teammates and of people playing football?
4: That's exactly. You got to understand, athletes are very egotistical. So I needed to make some money. So I was like, dude, let me paint you over the city and the whole thing. And they loved it. And they paid me well. But this is the thing. I I got married very early. I was married in college. We had two kids very early, and I got cut a lot. I'm listed as having three years in the NFL, but it took seven years to do. (laughs) You know what I mean? Right. My NFL career was not glamorous at all. It was like being a roadie in a band that was kind of never going anywhere. You know what I mean? (laughs) Uh, (laughs) So we lived out of suitcases, and when I would get cut... I was just humbled myself. I went back in the locker room and I asked those guys, "Hey man, do you need would you like a painting?" This is something that I do and I was showing my portfolio and they really liked it and it got us through. Perseverance wins out. Yeah.
2: I mean, you even as you sit here as someone so successful, you you seem very humble and very authentic, but I imagine like when Sly Stallone calls you to be in The Expandables, the yes. first one, you must have felt like, I, you know, I'm a, I'm a big deal now.
4: You know, it's weird because I'll have more experiences uh, than people are allowed, to be honest. I mean, I feel like I've lived 17 lives. And, you know, when Sly called, I remember that it was a big, big deal because I was literally the fourth choice <laughs> on that movie. But that's fourth in the world <laughs> yeah right <laughs> you, know what I mean? you know and now this is another thing too you got to understand before i started in, in acting i was doing security on the movie sets okay and i remember talking to my wife and i said you know what here we are we're in la cuz this is the thing. we were broke and when you're broke I, we decided you know at least if you're broke, be broke by what you want to do. Like, be near it. Because so you, you can be broke anywhere. You know what I mean? Like, so I worked security, but there was a day it clicked to me. I'm 12 hours on the set, and the whole thing, and I'm going, this is it. I am a part of a Hollywood production. And I was like, the bathrooms are this way, sir. But the thing is, I remember telling my wife, she'll tell you, this is a wonderful job. Because I said, I get to be around it. And I'm going to tell you right now, this sounds so strange, but I was happy. And listen, if it would have ended there, I still would have been happy. I just feel that way about everything I'm doing. That's it. Like I take it just like that. And you know what? Some people are like, ah, come on. You You couldn't have wanted that. But let me tell you, when you are that happy, you don't stay where you are. Right. It's impossible. I had people like, man, that guy, man, I want him on my job. I want him on my show. I was the most in-demand Infectious. security guard. Oh, yeah. For the place. I made sure my sleeves were rolled up real nice. You know what I mean? I was posing.
1: On
4: the- I was like, the bathrooms are that way. And all of a sudden, they were like, oh, you can't stay. We got to put you up here. You know what I mean? And a friend of mine who saw me, gave me a shot at my first audition I ever did. I, I was, again, still security. So I went home and I was like, babe, this dude's talking about acting. What do you think? She was like, we ain't got nothing now. <laughs> so we might as well just do something. Like, right. try it. I went the first thing I ever auditioned for in my life I got.
2: You know, Time Magazine said you were the first man who made muscle funny.
4: Well, you know what? People had decided in the comedy world, it was a foregone conclusion. If you get in shape, you will never be funny again. Right. And I just decided, hold on. I'm just going to do me. I never wanted to be the badass. The, they were like, man, you got to take karate classes. I was like, oh, I don't want to do that. <laughs> I did a movie, Malibu's Most Wanted. Yeah. I remember I had a one big line in the movie, and I ad-libbed that, and they were like, wait a minute. And it just kept growing, and <laughs> Damien Wayans, who was on that movie, recommended me to his uncles for white chick. And that, let me tell you, everything that turned, and, it, and comedy was my way. most favorite thing I, I love about this is I remember standing around and making my mother laugh. And my mother passed away about four years ago but I remember it just reminded me of being at home and making her laugh, standing and doing all this stuff. We would watch Carol Burnett, and we would reenact the, the, the skits and do all this stuff, and she was like, oh, this is good, you know? <laughs> and that's all I wanted to do. I remember never being more satisfied than entertaining and making people feel happy. And now I love the fact that this is my career. Like yeah. this, I can keep the muscle, and I can keep the laughs. Right? <laughs> yeah. It's great.
2: And on top of that, you know, you use your celebrity and your voice to speak out on things. You know, recently you said uh, men should hold one another accountable. Yes. uh, When speaking about Kevin Hart and all the publicity and and controversy around that. I mean, I got to say, I feel like that takes a huge amount of courage to put yourself out there like that.
4: I got to tell you this right now because the world is changing. I just got to tell you how fast it's changing. Right before this. I had a podcast over with Teray, and he was just accused of sexual harassment with receipts. The question is should I do the podcast anyway? I've already made a commitment, the whole thing. I said, cancel. Because you know why? I'm going to tell you why. When you're looking at the hierarchy, the people who are below are not believed, black people are not believed. Women are not believed. Poor people are not believed. Immigrants are not believed. And we got to stop this. The deal is, as I've always said, men need to hold other men accountable. That's it. And it will sort itself out. And let me tell you, if it, if it turns around and, and Teresa is innocent, then we can do the interview. Yeah. You understand okay. what I'm saying? But as of right now, I'm standing on the side of the women. I'm standing on the side of the people who want to have their voice heard. And I'm with you. This narrative has got to change. And I'm trying to tell you, it is changing. It will never, ever be the same because there are other guys just like me in this room that are supportive of women and supportive of, of what this is. Yep. I'm sorry. I keep going. I'm no. A- good. You my word. I'm gonna tell you.
2: <laughs> Terry, are you ready to play a game? Ah, yeah?
4: I'm ready. All right. All right, I'm ready.
2: All right Terry Cruz, you're hosting America's Got Talent The Champions. The show features memorable and fan favorite acts from previous seasons. You yourself are a man of many, many talents, so we couldn't help but write a game. About you. Oh, thank you. So we're bringing Jonathan Colton <laughs> back out on stage to play a game called Terry Crews Got Talent. <laughs> Jonathan, I will describe a talent. Uh huh. Your job is simply to guess whether or not Terry Crews has that talent. <laughs> and Terry will be letting you know if you're right. Okay, okay. Great. Is there a
4: trap door involved?
1: I hope not.
2: Okay, here we go. Jonathan, can Terry Crews play flute?
1: Yes, obviously. <laughs>
4: yes, he does. It's true. You got it. You got it. So please explain. that You are I, a flautist. Oh, uh, Listen, I love the flute. This is why. My great-great-aunt, she was the matriarch of our family. She said, what instrument do you want, baby? And I remember trying to go outside and play. She was actually in my way. You know, I was like, uh, flute, okay? And I, and I ran past her. My brother said, guitar. I turn around for the holiday. There's a flute underneath the tree. And he gets a guitar. I'm like, damn it, I should have said drums. (laughs) And my mother said, no, look, she bought you that flute. You're going to play that flute. You're going to learn it. And I played the flute for probably seven, eight years. And I loved it. I mean, it's my own blaxploitation movie, dude. It's just...
2: (laughs) amazing. Okay. Jonathan, was Terry Crews at one point a courtroom sketch artist?
1: Hmm. I'm going to guess because of his studying art and his artistic background, it might be a thing that you would do at least once.
4: Okay. Terry? I'm going to say yes. Bingo! Yes! Yes! I was home for college my first year, after my freshman year. My father said, you need a job. You can draw. I'm taking you down to TV 12. (laughs) I was like, oh man, okay. And he's like, hey y'all, my boy can draw. And I'm like, oh man, all right. And I just want to get out of there, right? Yeah. The art director comes up from the basement, and you know that's where they keep art directors. (laughs) And he starts looking at the portfolio, and he's like, I'll give him a job. (laughs) And what happened is there was the biggest court case in Flint, Michigan history, and a Chicago court sketch artist could not make it. So they ran downstairs where we were in the basement, and they said, Terry, can you go to the courtroom right now and can you sketch the stuff we need tonight? I said, "Oh uh, yeah. I had never done it before. There I was sketching out everything, and then they put it on the TV that night, and my mother was like, she was so proud. It was my first job in entertainment, actually. <laughs> All right, Jonathan,
2: did Terry Crews study the art of French pastry?
1: You know, I'm starting to feel like... <laughs> are any of these going to be no? You don't, have to, you don't have to tell me. It just seems like Terry Crews, so far, can do anything. That's
2: right. we are on something.
1: And I'm going to say, as unlikely as it sounds that he would have been able to fit in some study of French pastry into this very busy life, I'm going to say, yeah, sure he does.
4: No! no. no. Come on. Hey, wait, wait! But I went to Dominic Ansel yesterday and had a cronut, man. Hey.
2: <laughs> Jonathan, does Terry Crews build his own computers?
1: No. <laughs> yes, he does.
4: Yes. First of all, okay, I'm going up to my son. He's watching the computer, and, he's, and I'm thinking he's playing games. I'm like, oh, man, you you winning. He was like, dude, I'm watching. I was like, what do you mean? He was like, I'm watching. It's YouTube. I'm, watch-. I'm like, wait, wait, you are watching people have fun? <laughs> you know, it was one of those things where he was really into this stuff, and I just wanted to get in his world. And so I said, hey, man, what we're going to do, we're going to build a computer from scratch. And so I bought all the stuff. I had no idea what I was doing. And it was the best time. Let me tell you, we got so close. It's
2: fantastic. Yeah. Uh, great job, Jonathan. You did good. <laughs> I did pretty good. You did pretty good. Yeah, you did pretty good. <laughs> good. Terry Crews stars on Brooklyn Nine-Nine oh. and hosts America's Got Talent, The Champions. And he'll be back a little later in the show for his own Ask Me Another Challenge. Get up for Terry Crews. Thank you. Our next game is about food and books, so get ready to use that degree in English fritterature. <laughs> Let's meet our contestants. First up, Emily Monjo. you used to work... At a call center for a concierge company. Yes, I did. Okay, what are what kind of requests uh, were you asked to concierge?
3: Um, well, I learned that people who have a lot of money have a very interesting way of understanding how the world works. So sure. I okay. had one who, for his daughter's birthday party, wanted to rent a giraffe for them to ride down the Las Vegas Strip. Oh.
2: <laughs> All right, Emily. When you ring in, we'll hear this. Your opponent is Rich Fissler. You're a high school physics and computer science teacher, but you used to be a biomedical engineer.
1: Yeah, that's that's, right. that's
2: pretty intense, all of that, together.
1: It, yeah, yeah. Why,
2: why the switch from engineer to teacher?
1: Well, for some reason, the company I worked for moved me from making things to managing business, and that's not interesting to me. Oh. And um, I got bored and annoyed, and so I thought I would... See if I could not be bored and annoyed with 100 high school students every day.
3: (laughs) (laughs) that's great.
2: All right, Rich, when you ring in, we'll hear this. Remember, Emily and Rich, whoever has more points after two games will go to our final round. So this is a word game called Cook in the Books. Each answer is the title of a well-known book with one word replaced with a rhyming food word.
1: For example, if we said, in this Louisa May Alcott classic... The March Sisters taste the rainbow. You would answer, Skittle Women. <laughs> because you see, it's little women and yeah. then Skittle instead of okay. you understand. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
2: Oh, wow. <laughs> okay. All right, here we go. <laughs> On a pilgrimage to a cathedral in Kent, the characters in this Middle English epic by Chaucer tell stories about a leafy, dark green superfood found in salads that are trying too hard. Emily. The
3: Canterbury Tales.
2: I'm going to give you a the chance to The book crack. is the
3: Canterbury Tales, and the the leafy green is kale, so the Canterbury Tales. If you oh the Canterbury kales, there we go. <laughs> I had to make it more complicated. So it
1: was like like watching you try to put a shoe on the wrong foot. Joaquin Phoenix starred in P.T. Anderson's film adaptation of this noirish Thomas Pynchon novel. It follows a private detective as he investigates whether a bowl of grains is jasmine or basmati. Emily.
3: Inherent rice. You got it. <laughs> yeah. I think I'm
1: playing. In Betty Smith's 1943 classic, Francie Nolan watches as double cream French cheese springs up in New York's trendiest borough. Next to a vegan tattoo parlor and a bespoke dog spa. <laughs> Rich. A brie grows in Brooklyn. Indeed, it does. That is correct.
2: You know that's the name of a cheese shop around okay. here, right? <laughs> yeah.
1: It's gotta be. This is your last clue. This rolled doll book is about a family of burrowing mammals who outsmart three evil men to get smoked salmon for their bagels. Emily.
3: The fantastic Mr. Locks. Yeah, that's right. Nice. <laughs> okay, great game.
2: Hard game. You guys were wonderful. Emily is in the lead. <laughs> if your idea of getting lit is bringing the lit home and reading the lit, then you should be a contestant on our show. Go to amatickets.org. Coming up, we'll play a game about songs with the ideal beat for performing chest compressions. That's right, it's CPR on NPR. I'm Ophira Eisenberg, and this is Ask Me Another.
0: This message comes from Capital One, presenting sponsor of the 2024 Tiny Desk Contest. Earlier this year, unsigned musicians from around the country submitted their original songs for the 10th annual Tiny Desk Contest. The panel of judges are hard at work picking standout entries and you can follow along and choose your favorite videos as well. The winner gets to play their very own Tiny Desk concert, then headline a tour with NPR music this summer. Want to come along for the ride? Visit tinydeskcontest.npr.org to learn more. Then check out the Venture X card from presenting sponsor Capital One earn unlimited 2x miles on everything you buy and turn everyday purchases into extraordinary trips what's in your wallet terms apply see capital one.com for details
5: this message comes from npr sponsor progressive insurance where drivers who switch could save hundreds on car insurance get your quote at progressive.com today progressive casualty insurance company and affiliates mm-hmm.
1: This is NPR's Ask Me Another. I'm Jonathan Colton. Now, here's your host, Ophira Eisenberg.
2: Thank you, Jonathan. Before the break, we met our contestants, Emily and Rich. Our next game is about songs we literally can't live without. So this is a music parody game that could save your life. Every song in it has a number of beats per minute, 100 to 120, to perform CPR chest compressions at the correct pace.
1: And since the goal of CPR is to revive someone, we rewrote these songs to make them about things that were famously revived or brought back. Ring in to tell me what I'm singing about, and if you get that right, you can earn a bonus point by naming the song I'm parodying, or else the artist who made it famous.
2: Emily, stay in the lead, and you are in the final round. Rich, you need to get more points, or the CPR dummy is you.
1: Oh, okay. (laughs) Here we go. In the 90s, Everything was clear. This soda was gone until a brief reappear. Don't want to cope. That stuff is too brown, I think. I need a see through soft drink. I need a see through soft drink. Emily. Crystal Pepsi? Crystal Pepsi is correct.
2: It's easier to hide
1: your gin. That's that's right. For a bonus point, can you name the original song or artist?
3: Girls Just Want to Have Fun?
1: Yeah, that's right. (laughs) Cyndi Lauper. Here's your next one. All around Duckburg, they have solved mysteries Since back in 87 David Tennant, Scrooge, in the latest reprise Tales of Daring Do, say it with me now, woohoo. Rich? Mm, Doctor Who? I'm sorry, that is uh, a good guess, but incorrect. Emily, do you know the answer? Is it DuckTales? It is DuckTales, <laughs> that's oh, wow. right. For a bonus point, can you name the original song or artist?
3: I forgot what you sang already. <laughs> yeah,
1: I'm pretty forgettable, Emily. It happens all the time. That was Fly by Sugar Ray. Okay. Oh, an instant pick. You know this thing, don't lie. Load the film, press the button, click. Comes into view, right in front of you. Hold a photo in your hand like we used to. Emily. Polaroid? Polaroid cameras, correct. For the bonus point, can you name the song or artist? Nope. <laughs> it's Shakira, Hips Don't
2: Lie. oh, oh. By the way, photobombing a Polaroid camera shot is very satisfying. (laughs) (laughs) Because you're just watching them like, can't wait to see this. And then slowly (laughs) they just see you in the background. Who was (laughs)
1: that Here's the next one. It took all the strength I had not to fall apart Without these crunchy chocolate pieces in my shopping cart but now those rice field colored pills Complete with a letter on one side Are back on sale And now my snack game will prevail Emily? M&M's? Mm, I need you to be more Ooh, specific
3: Mini
1: m and m and I'm sorry Peanut butter M&M's? That is incorrect <laughs> You can't just sit there and name all the M&M's, Emily <laughs> Rich, do you know I the answer? Let that's something with rice in it, so Crispy M&Ms. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> that's right. Yeah. And it's "I Will Survive." And by Yeah, for Gainer. the bonus yeah. point, "I Will Survive." That's right. I remember her. I remember. I remember Shannon Doherty. And her sisters were witches of vanquished foes. Now it's back on the CW. See how it goes. Rich, charmed. Charmed, that's correct. For the bonus point, name the song or artist. Crazy. Yeah, that's right. Narsals Berkeley. We know your wheelhouse now, Rich. Yes. <laughs> yes. C.W. shows about witches. I've never seen the show. Really? No, I don't know anything about the Hollowell Sisters at all. Okay. Gotcha. All right, this is your last clue. Just saw this film remade. A show, View, Streisand, also Judy played. To name a few, big draw, such accolades. Guess who it's got? Guy. It's Brad and Gaga. <laughs> Rich. A star is born. A star is born, is right. <laughs> Song or artist for a bonus point. I'm sorry. You're, you're wonderful, but I'm not. <laughs> I wish that were the title yeah. of a song, but yeah. it is yeah. not. <laughs> uh, it's Just Dance by Lady Gaga. Ophira, how did our contestants do?
2: Rich made an amazing comeback, but Emily is going to our final round. Before our final round, let's bring back our special guest from Brooklyn Nine-Nine and America's Got Talent, the champions... It's Terry
3: Crews.
2: Terry, you hosted a season of Who Wants to Be a Millionaire? So from one game show host to another, how did you make the contestants feel less
4: nervous? What was crazy is that I was more scared than they were. (laughs) (laughs) Because this is the deal. I mean, when you look at those shows, you're giving away money. and, And there's a lot of issues with that. Like, I could be arrested if, I, if you give them a clue or anything. I mean, you could go oh. to jail for that stuff. There had been major scandals involved. So, there was always like a lawyer and policeman always standing around and you're like, okay, we're here having fun. <laughs> <laughs> right, who wants to be You didn't want your face to give away any answers. You know what I mean? I'm, I'm telling you, it was crazy. Now, yeah. I didn't know them, but I was like, I just did not want to tip them off. Yeah. So, Terry, your quiz is called "Who Wants to Be Terry Cruz." Oh, oh, okay. There's no money involved. But well, it's okay. actually, no.
2: You're playing for one million dollars in my currency, <laughs> uh, which is equivalent to uh, one million free bang trims, <laughs> which I know you can use. And if you do well enough, listener Amy Sanchez from Boulder, Colorado, will win an Ask Me Another Rubik's Cube. All right. Okay.
4: Yes. Uh Uh-oh.
2: But you do have lifelines available, so I'll describe what they are if you need them after each clue. Okay. Okay, here we go. For 125,000 bang trims, (laughs) here's your question. We know you love yogurt. Which one of these is a genus of bacteria used in the yogurt production process? Hmm. Is it A. Streptococcus, B. Secoccus? C. <laughs> Iowaoccus, or D. NBC's This Is Caucus?
4: <laughs> oh man. I need a lifeline no problem
2: your lifeline is 50-50-50 we'll take away two incorrect choices and then one more incorrect choice okay okay leaving only the correct answer All right.
4: let's try it so
2: we're going to take away Secaucus Iowa caucus and NBC's this is caucus (laughs) 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 so the correct answer is that's right A A Scrap
4: Scrap a a caucus Scrap a caucus that's it yeah yeah thank you
1: Oh, man, I love those lifelines. For 250,000 bang trims, (laughs) here's your question. You're an accomplished artist. Today, many paint pigments are synthetic, but a few centuries ago, they were made from natural materials. How was one shade of yellow used in Van Gogh's Starry Night supposedly created? A, a toxic mix of arsenic and copper. B, smashed sunflower petals. C, the crumbled remains of pastries with soggy bottoms. <laughs> trying to keep my face so that I don't give anything away. <laughs> D, the urine of cows who were fed mango leaves. Oh, man. There is a lifeline available. I mean, you need give me to some
4: lifelines. Lifelines. You want to go with a
1: lifeline. Okay. Life Your lifeline for this clue is charm the host. So if you can sweet talk Ophira, she will just give you the answer. He's He's dancing towards me. He's He's dancing
2: towards me.
4: Hey there, girl. Hey. You know about them crushed sunflower petals? (laughs) You more beautiful than that. (laughs) Come on, girl. Give me a little bit of that answer.
2: (laughs) All right. It's just because you didn't use the compliment that I'm used to, which is you remind me of the urine of cows are fed mango leaves, and that's what it is. Yeah! It's mango leaves! For half a million bang trims, here's your question. You have your own furniture line, so which of these is not a real celebrity business? A, Catherine Zeta-Jones' home goods line, Casa Zeta-Jones. Ooh. B, DJ Khaled's furniture line, We the Best Home. See Venus Williams' interior design firm, V Star, <coughs> or D. Katie Holmes' line of aromatherapy diffusers called Holmes Sweet Home. Which oh. one is not real? Yeah, I Three heard, of them are.
4: I know, and it, I swear, I, heard, I know, I heard all of them. I That's know. What's it's so crazy. <laughs> Because I heard of all of those, but I so I need a lifeline. Okay. On, lifeline. So your
2: lifeline is ask the audience, but we don't have a polling system here, so you just have to ask everyone and they'll shout out
4: what they think okay. of the answer. Uh, is, is, what about Khaled? We the best? <laughs> <laughs> which one? Come on, which one? My daughter, my lovely daughter in the front row, she says, <laughs> Katie Holmes. She's correct. Ah!
1: Okay. This is your final question. For one million bang trims, you were once a voice for the turn-by-turn navigation app Waze. Really? Yes. Oh, man. That was early in the game, too, boy. (laughs) Which of these other celebrity voiceovers is real? A. Google announced John Legend as a voice for its digital assistant. B, Ezra Miller recorded announcements for the New York Subway. Mm. C, Ellen DeGeneres recorded dialogue for grocery store self-checkout machines. Oh. D, Dame Judi Dench is Siri. Oh. Which one of those things is true?
4: <laughs> Which one is true?
1: Which one is true? Three or oh false God. and one no, are true. All three. those
4: things I would love to have. I'm, I'll, yeah. I'll be honest with you right now. Uh, I need a lifeline Let's yeah, lifeline there is, it There
1: is a lifeline here Okay, here's the lifeline Look under the table You're standing at Oh, Oh! oh
4: I like this It feels like I'm getting Some money or
2: something <laughs> <I> know. <laughs> He's know un- He's taking a piece of the paper The answer is
1: A That's correct, that's right. John John Legend is a voice For its digi- uh, Google's digital assistant That's Whoa, right.
4: Oh, I love you That is really cool <laughs> that's really Oh, cool. that's good uh, Terry Crews, you did great. Thank you. you. got all of them. I am copying my pecs right now. <laughs> <laughs> the pecs are is. popping. crazy.
2: You and listener Amy Sanchez both won Ask Me Another Rubik's Cubes, and you got a lot of bang trims if you ever need them.
4: Yeah, I just use them for the beer. That's all. <laughs>
2: That's perfect. <laughs> Terry Crews is on Brooklyn Nine-Nine and America's Got Talent, both on NBC One more time for Terry Crews! Want our next special guest to play for you? Follow Ask Me Another on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. It's time to crown our big winner. Let's bring back our finalists. Liz Rodwell, whose political science background helps her work with physicians. And Emily Mongeau, who knows how to rent a giraffe. (laughs) Liz and Emily, your final round is called Alter Egos. I'll give you the name of a real or fictional person. You give me that person's most famous alter ego. For example, if I said author, Samuel Clemens, you'd answer Mark Twain. And our big winner will receive an Ask Me of the Rubik's Cube signed by Terry Crews. We rolled a 20-sided die backstage, and Emily is going first. Here we go. Emily, comic book character Diana Prince. Hmm. Three seconds. Captain Marvel. Good guess. Actually, Wonder Woman is the answer. Liz, comic book character Selina Kyle. I'm going to go with Captain Marvel. (laughs) (laughs) Incorrect. The answer is Catwoman. Emily, poet Marguerite Annie Johnson. Three seconds
3: Oh, I don't know, I'm sorry <laughs> it's
2: okay. Maya Angelou Liz, children's book author Theodore Geisel
3: uh, He has, he's a doctor uh, Dr. Seuss That is correct <clears throat> Emily,
2: music artist Amir Thompson um, Three seconds Akon <laughs> Good guess, Questlove Liz, music artist Ella Maria Lani Yelick O'Connor.
3: Uh, Sinead O'Connor.
2: Incorrect. The answer is Lord.
3: Oh, Very close. Very close.
2: <laughs> <laughs> very close. <laughs> Emily, fictional masked vigilante Don Diego de la Vega. Zorro. That is correct. Liz, fictional ad man Dick Whitman. Don Draper. That is correct. We're at the halfway point. The score is one to two with Liz in the lead. Emily, writer of stories with surprise endings. William Sidney Porter. Um, uh, Three seconds. I don't know. <laughs> o. Henry. Oh. Liz, director Adam Spiegel. Three seconds.
3: I have no idea.
2: Spike Jones. Oh, yeah. Emily. Advice columnists Ruth Crowley and Epi Letterer. Ask, uh, Three seconds.
3: Oh, it's right there.
2: Ask... Mm. Ann, Landers Ann Landers is what we were looking for. Liz, missionary Agnes Goncha Boyachu. Uh, Mother Teresa. That is correct.
3: <laughs> Complete guess.
2: All right, Liz is in the lead, three to one. Emily, if you get this wrong... Liz wins. Soccer legend Edson Arantes do Nascimento. Um, Pele? That is correct. <laughs> Liz, if you get this right, you win. Hollywood icon Norma Jean Mortensen. Marilyn Monroe. That is correct. <laughs> well done, both of you, and congratulations, Liz you're our big winner and that's our show Ask Me Another's house musician is Jonathan Colton
1: hey my name anagrams
2: to thou jolt a cannon our puzzles were written by Jamie Greenberg Andrew Kane Scott Ross Mary Tobler and senior writer Karen Lurie with additional material by Sarah Lazarus and Emily Winter our senior supervising producer is Rachel Neal. Ask Me That is is produced by Mike Katzef, Travis Larchuk, Kiara Powell, Nancy Seychow, Edward Wyckoff-Williams, Romel Wood, and our intern, Sean Goll, along with Steve Nelson and Anya Grunman. We're recorded by Rick Kwan, David Herkin, Jeff O'Neill, and Valve Tone Recordings. We'd like to thank our home in Brooklyn, New York, The Bell House, Hot Heel Blues, and our production partner, WNYC. Next time on Ask Me Another, Aquafina tells us about her first days on the set of *Oceans 8.
3: The first time I met any of them, I met it was a, it was a Helena Bonham Carter. I saw her sitting yonder, and I was like,
2: "Oh, I know Helena Bonham Carter." <laughs> so join me, Ophir Eisenberg, for NPR's Hour of Puzzles, Word Games, and Trivia.
5: ixl learning uses advanced algorithms to give the right help to each kid no matter the age or personality one subscription gets you everything one site for all the kids in your home pre-k to 12th grade make an impact on your child's learning get ixl now and npr listeners can get an exclusive 20 percent off ixl membership when they sign up today at ixl.com npr